Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On today's podcast, my guest is comedian Dane Simpson. My name is Justin Hamilton and you're entering the world of Big Squid. Hello and welcome to today's podcast with Dane, another comedian I've been trying to line up for Big Squid for quite a while, and we finally made it happen. So last week, Beck Charlwood, this week, Dane Simpson. Yes, it's a fun chat, so let's get straight to it, and I'll catch up with you at the end of the podcast. But now, here's Dane. All the way live from Newcastle. This is when you know you're on the road. You're going for a run in the morning, you've been doing comedy at night, and then you think, you know what I need to do? I need to set myself up in a hotel room that, looking at it, doesn't look like the type that you go for one final trip, Dane. It looks all right, actually. <laughs> it's um, shared bathrooms, to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe it is. <laughs> you, you've, you've done some touring now. There's, uh, there are other hotels that you stay at, and you go, oh, my God, I'm a comedian on tour. This is fantastic. And what? then there's other hotel rooms where you think... Someone came and spent the last hours of their life here. <laughs> oh, th- I reckon they're one and the same. That's really the same. <laughs> oh, th- it's it's when you go there and you go. I just spent eighty bucks on this room. Yeah, I'm a touring comedian. Like yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> um, unless somebody's paying for it, then yeah. I am living at large. But yeah, yeah. Um, until then, I'm in an eighty dollar room in Newcastle. That's um, all right. That'll do mm. the job. All you're doing is having a snooze and, you know, you need somewhere to put your stuff. Exactly what I believe in. I believe in that all you need is a shower and a good working air conditioner. Yes. Um, You know, I'm really showing my Aboriginal heritage on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, a a decent bed. And then, yeah, and I'm I'm set to go. Set to Uh, go. Yeah, I've roamed around. How was the gig last night? 
Um, no, I, I'm doing a gig tonight. Oh, it's tonight. So you've gotten yeah. in early. Are you doing? Uh, so you, you know, Damien Callanan is one of the best comedians I've ever perf- uh, toured with. Who yep. will get into a town, and like sometimes you know what road show is like. You'll only be in town for twenty minutes night. before yep. the show starts, yeah. and he he'll open with half an hour of. Uh, Local material that he's found yep. in the in that small window. Uh, and yeah. uh, are, you, are you doing a bit of research, or do you know enough about Newcastle that you can drop some local? Um, I so I am doing my hour show tonight, which yep. um, I wouldn't be able to really fit in the the references. But I love comedians that do that. I yeah. I'm absolutely blown away. I think Damien Callanan is one of the best. Um, Bob Franklin is yes. one of the best. Um, yeah, there is so many of those really good comics that can go to a town. As you said, 20 minutes is all yeah. it takes them. A bit of a walk around town, and then they've got a rough idea of um, how to how to take the piss just, uh, just enough to be a little bit silly and a little bit fun. But yeah, I certainly, I don't know. I don't, I don't really talk to a lot of people during my, my show. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm oh, a bit how the same. greedy. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I don't know. There's uh, look. I, I think there's people who are really good at it, and yep. I, I can do it. But often, I just to to be honest, I'm too empathetic with the front row because I know they're already panicking that yeah. they're sitting there. And you know, sometimes people are fine for a chat, but sometimes you can give someone a nervous breakdown by saying, "Hi, how are you tonight?" And you see them yep. go, hey, "Yeah," and what? it's all over. <laughs> yes, exactly, and exactly what you're saying, empathetic. With the front row, empathetic with the crowd. I think yeah. sometimes uh, some some comedians really forget that. Like they forget to put themselves in the yeah. point of view from the audience and yeah. understand what it's like because that that can be intimidating. It's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially when you know maybe it's their one night that they're going out for the next few months, and he wears his special shirt that she bought for him two birthdays ago, and then the yeah. comedian walks out and says, "What the fuck is that?" And their night is ruined. <laughs> nice, nice shirt, dickhead. <laughs> and, and, and then yeah, and then he's got to defend it because yeah. then he's like, "No, well, what happened is my wife bought it." Yeah, and then the wife is like, "I thought you said you liked it." Yes, and then. And two years becomes a divorce very, very quickly because yeah. of one comic looking for a, like an easy laugh. Yeah. Like, and you, yeah. You, you never want a, a marriage, a happily married couple to break up over the fact that she <laughs> thought he liked purple and he doesn't like purple and that's why he's wearing that shirt. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Grimace? Am I yeah. right, guys? <laughs> So your show in Newcastle, this is your award-winning show that you uh, won uh, a Fringe Award over in Perth, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, won the won the Perth uh, won the Adelaide Award last year for best comedy show in the universe or something like that. I can't yep. remember what specifics. No, no, no. Um, that's enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and also it's a the special on um, Paramount Plus, which I'm very very proud of. Um, oh, great. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, we're doing Didgeridoozy um, is the name of it. And, yeah, yeah doing it in uh, Newcastle Fringe. Tonight, there was a few little places that we, we didn't get to last year. So, right. we're just knocking them off. Okay, that's uh, great. Yeah. And are you uh, – so, which show is this? Like, how many shows have you written in the lead-up to this uh, in your in your career? This is, this is my second show. Right, um, wow. That I've written, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I don't, that that um, honk gives away that my eighty dollar room is on the train tracks as it's well. It's right on the train tracks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> give uh, give the driver a high five as he goes this, past. <laughs> <laughs> this is true comedy living. Um, yeah, second show that I've ever written. Um, crazy. Yeah. What a crazy world we're living in. Um, I've been involved in a lot of, you know, like um, split bills with, with combined comedians in yep. in the lineup. Um, but this is my yeah first second time ever going solo with an hour, which I I, I really enjoyed doing. I wrote it on the plane to Adelaide. Uh, my wife was very angry about that because <laughs> I was meant to be performing it two days later and. Right. Uh, yeah, just really worked hard on it in two days and right. then uh, went out and won the award. And when I rang my wife and went, I won I won the best comedy award yeah. uh, for the week, um, she was not happy at all. I, no, because now here comes some bad habits, right? <laughs> it was. you. No lessons have been learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know that's that's me, baby. So. <laughs> well, you know, like I once saw Fleety uh, rewriting his show on the top steps of the Melbourne Town Hall, and he'd opened three nights previously. So I feel like you're still <laughs> ahead of the game, two nights before. <laughs> but but also, but I think you're being possibly a little bit disingenuous because I'm guessing that a lot of the ideas and routines and thoughts had been worked on in clubs, and you'd been thinking about it. What what you're saying is. Putting it into a show, you did it in two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, um, over the over the course of the year, you sort of you work on gags, you write jokes, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, figuring it out and putting it into the structure. Um, also, the the show's called Didgeridoozy. I learned how to play the didgeridoo when I was a kid. Yeah, um, and it, it's just full of these yarns that I've picked up along the way. Um, ever since I was a kid, I always travel around. I find other people who play the didgeridoo. They've got pretty cool stories, and I just wanted to share all of those yarns. Um, and yeah, it was really those two days was just figuring out the structure of like where yeah. where this was going to go and how it would all fit together. Um, as you would know, like the hour. An hour of comedy is crazy. Like that's a yeah. that's a silly amount of time to be doing yes. a show. Yes. Um, sitcoms don't even go for an hour these days. Like right, they're they twenty three minutes. They're twenty minutes. So <laughs> like, um, and that involves what like six different characters minimum. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is just one person. So it's a bit weird in today's world that we still do an hour. But yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, structuring that to keep people's attention span for shows that we normally would watch for 20 minutes uh yeah i I think is is an art form in itself so yeah well i I always try to structure my stuff in 20 minute blocks because i kind of figure i probably start to lose their attention after 20 so i do something to change it up and then at the 40 minute mark you like i'm giving away a trade secret here dane but around the 40 minute mark i will say i'm going to finish up and to give the audience the sense that this is coming to an end, and then I do another twenty minutes. I, I, you are bang on. I, <laughs> I, I promise you. Set your watch to it at the forty-five yeah. minute mark. Yeah, people w- look at their watches. Yeah. They look at the time. They have a little sneaky checkout at their yeah. um, at their phone. How long have I been here for? Unless yeah. your show is absolutely insanely incredible, um, yeah. and just like mesmerizing. Uh, I I, bel- I heavily believe in the forty five minute mark. People go, all right, I've had enough. Um, well, 
Well, I reckon after COVID and being in, being in lockdown, I reckon. Look, I've done no scientific uh, inquiry into this, Dane. So I'm just it's just a theory. But I reckon everyone's <laughs> bladder control is less because nobody had to hold themselves yeah. before they went to the toilet. Like you were at home, if you needed to do a wee, you did a wee. But yep. it's that, that's why you know people said, "Did you go and see Dave Chappelle?" I said, "How long is he doing?" And they said, "Oh, you know, roughly around two and a half hours." I'm like, "I'm out." Oh, I can't hold my blood <laughs> for that long. <laughs> I don't even think I've watched two and a half hours, uh, like continuously, of the Chappelle Show, and I yes. love the Chappelle Show. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that I've sat and just let it play through on Netflix or something. Um, no way. That's that's a long time. Maybe maybe I'd go and watch, but I'm certainly not sitting in the front row where he could see me get up to go pee right. and get some food and. Hang, you know. Well, well, the irony is, I'll see a three-hour movie, but but there's lots of things going on in a movie. There's heaps of characters and there's heaps of things moving forward. Yeah, and but just one person talking, like I'm, like I'm trapped with my own thoughts. I don't need to be trapped with someone else's thoughts for that long. <laughs> I okay. So the, the a little in secret too is um yeah. I like to not watch movies at the theater. I love watching movies at the theater. I think yeah. that's incredible. But one of my favorite things to do is to watch them at home and we pause it and then just let my wife be savage because um, she's just got some things to say about characters. Oh, really? Wow. About Because she's just such a um, – she will watch maths um, and just be brutal and yeah. just say the most horrible. And then we'll – yeah. So when, I, when, we, when she pauses a movie and she's just going to be savage on a character, like, one, get a, get a haircut that costs more than 10 bucks, mate. Right. Too like wow. it's just it starts it starts off brutal and then it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, how Better about, to pause and let her have a crack, yeah. so then you can get back to the story as well, rather than but doing I, it over the top. I want to hear it. I yeah, want to hear. Sure. It. Um, what kind of misogynistic bullshit is this guy up to? Where he <laughs> thinks, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh great. And then why is he encouraged by this person? But and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, get it out. And then back, we're back into the movie, and then he'll say like a little extra on top yeah. of what he's... And then she's back, paused again, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is going to be even worse. Yes. And it's, Do, has she ever been won over? Has she ever been savage on a character and at the end said, oh, you know what? He, he came good. You know who it is? Um, Van Damme. Van Damme wins her over every time. Really? I, I promise you, it's because he, there's always a scene with him bare butt. Oh, yeah. always, and then yeah. for some reason, um, who knows no, why? No scientific <laughs> um, things have gone on, yeah. but it just seems as though she gets won over. Yeah, after that scene, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, "Fuck this guy! I hate everything about him." Bear, but yeah. he's all right. He's why is, okay. <laughs> why is his hair always wet? That's weird. What a gross character. You know what? Not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> Not that bad. That is a good question, though. Why is his hair always wet? Stop <laughs> using 80s gel, mate. <laughs> hey, um, we, we've got uh, uh, quite a few people listen to this podcast overseas, and they might not know what a didgeridoo is. Do you mind uh, explaining oh. to our overseas listeners uh, what this instrument is and yep. how you learnt to play it and what it means culturally? Yeah, 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 cool. Um, so didgeridoo is a uh, an Aboriginal instrument. Um, the traditional people of Australia, the the First Nations. Um, it is a long tube 
um, it's wood, so and how it would be made. So it's a it's a branch on a tree, um, and white ants, um, Australia's version of termites, I would say, um, eat out all the soft wood on the inside. So they eat all the the marrow of the branch, if you will, um, and then you cut down that 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 branch, um, shave down the bark. Traditionally, we would soak it in the water for about a week, which would um, act as a wood treatment, so it doesn't dry out, split, and crack. Um, but today, obviously, just using a wood treatment. Um, and then what traditionally you put down some hot coals down the inside because that just burns out all of the, the dead wood and twigs and whatever that's, that's in there. Um, and it seals the wood on the inside. Um, and then you're left with this, uh, like a tube, should I say, of, um, of a branch. Um, and then you put some beeswax on the top, which creates a mouthpiece. Uh, you would paint it. And the reason why you'd paint it is that you're um, trying to trying to paint uh, who owns the didgeridoo. You're painting your name. Aboriginal people didn't have um, an alphabet or hieroglyphics, so we just we painted symbols that would represent us um, in today's world. Maybe like an, a version of putting your favorite football team, putting maybe your dog or your your pet or whatever you have onto the didgeridoo. Um, maybe putting symbols about where you live. It's these symbols that people could see and go, oh, I know whose didgeridoo that is because they, they live there and that's their um, thing that they like and that's their their pet that they have. And, and yeah. Um, and then you play it. So you play it and it sounds, it's got a, a, a droning sound. Um, you play it by vibrating your lip like that into the didgeridoo and then it just comes out um, with, a, with a deep drone um, yeah, and and yeah. you have to your uh, it's it's like a lot of uh, wood instruments like you're breathing and blowing at the same time, and yeah. it's it's phenomenal to watch up close because it's like I can I can barely do one of those things at a time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's uh, it acts similar to like um, how the bagpipes in, in Scotland work mm. so you're you're filling up the bag um, with air and then you squeeze it with your armpit um, with the bagpipes so with a didgeridoo and for anybody that is still wondering what it sounds like and stuff I encourage you to like google it and try and yeah. try and find some people playing it um, but yeah it is filling up your cheeks with air and then pushing that out and then breathing back into your nose so it is a continuous drone of the didgeridoo and then using your throat you can make some sounds um come out of it so yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool but i I find it to be more uh is it mesmerizing would be a good term if i see a really good didgeridoo player i will sit and watch for two and a half hours while I yeah, right <laughs> um, while thinking that God, I wish I could press pause on this. I need to go to the door. <laughs> I need to. I need my wife to be savage. <laughs> Give you a little break. Um, a, a band uh, for people overseas. A band like Yothu Yindi used the didgeridoo beautifully yep. in in rock music as well. Uh, that's a yeah. that's such a uh, an extraordinary and underrated Australian band and uh, absolutely a, a great great way to hear how it can be used in. Uh, well, it, I was going to say contemporary. They've been around for, for a while now, but. That yeah. is uh, such a brilliant sound and unique as well. Absolutely, yeah. Mixing that, mixing that traditional sort of music um, with a contemporary rock beat and yeah. sound. Yeah, awesome. So awesome. Yeah. Where, whereabouts uh, in Australia are you originally from? So my mob is from uh, Walgett, which is uh, outback New South Wales. So we're we're talking uh, northwest New South Wales. Um, 
Walgett is uh, the little town that's there, 2,300 population. Um, the mob there is called Gamilaroi, um, and that stretches over to Tamworth, um, which is like a pretty big sort of place. Um, but I live I live in Wiradjuri country, which is uh, Wagga Wagga. Um, right. Which is more like country New South Wales, so... Um, but for the people who sort of know that area of Walgett, it's it's near uh, Lightning Ridge, which is where we uh, get our opals from over right. this side. Yeah. Right. The uh, I remember a, a New Zealand comedian. This was many years ago. Was over here in Australia and was talking about how there's a lot of Maori names uh, underneath uh, anglicised names for streets and things like that. And yep. he was saying to me, you know, th- you should do that with the Aboriginal culture as well. And I was like, I think that's a great idea, but people don't realise that there is a broad dialect and and yes. different languages that it would like uh, street street signs would be massive, wouldn't they? <laughs> Oh, absolutely, and like, what two hundred and over two hundred and sixty different language groups across the country. Yeah. So and, and like, yeah, it's a contemporary traditional Australia is a lot like uh, contemporary Europe. So there's, even though we've got the continent, there would be over two hundred and sixty different groups based in there. Um, Italy, France, Germany, uh, all these different little countries and stuff. So similar, similar to that, um, we would have Aboriginal people. So. Saying to speak Aboriginal or to um to to have the Aboriginal language is a lot like saying, "Oh, do you speak European?" Yes, it's, it's <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak European. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Someone speaks bon the same one in French. Yeah, uh, pizza. A, yeah, <laughs> bonjour pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think people overseas uh, realise that aspect of it as well. That there's a such a broad range within within yeah. that community. And everyone looks different as well. So you've got your um, there. There's obviously what people think that an Aboriginal person would look like traditionally, but that is uh, really taken from the Bushmen. That's really taken from like that um, South Australian Northern Territory uh, vibe. So those those types of groups tend to always get their their pictures where because they look that um, what what people would say traditionally Australian, but. Um, yeah, it's a lot like like you can tell an Italian person, a traditional Italian person. You could look at them and go, "Oh yeah, you're Italian." I've, yeah. You've got, um, and you can tell the difference between somebody from Italy and somebody from Germany, and they're not that far apart, you right? Know? Um, yeah, and 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 somebody from Switzerland and uh, somebody who's French. There's, there's there's different characteristics of them, so you can really tell different Aboriginal people and some of them aren't overly dark skin. Um, Some of them uh, aren't exposed to being out in the desert area. Some some are just in bushland, um, which is a lot of my dad's people. So they they traditionally weren't dark originally, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we just did uh, a run at the comedy store together and you were telling a routine about going and performing in India and having a hostess <laughs> talk to you and you're like, I am not Indian. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I look Indian and um, I, I find this funny too because when I was in India, yeah. I'm walking around and I'm like, you could be my cousin. Yeah. You could be my cousin. Like there just seems to be this direct Indian link um, between us because we just look very, very similar, my people and Indian people. So, and it's been crazy because we we be, we 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 tease each other all the time. When I was growing up, we're like, um, if somebody did something that's just not 
Aboriginal enough, you know, like somebody can't can't fish if they're not good at fishing. Yeah. We just go, oh, it's all right. He's Indian, bro. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it's it. It's all right. He's Indian, yeah. bro. It's, it's, it's okay. He doesn't know how to fish. Um, so we do stuff like that where, we, where we're just being silly. Um, but yeah, growing up and then going to India turns out to be true. It's yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. What a, what a funny situation to be in, just going, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. I cannot <laughs> help in this situation. <laughs> yeah, just so many Indian people coming up to me, um, specifically because I'm walking around with white people Yeah, uh, and just going, what's going on? Yeah. How, why are you with these white people? Like, what's going on? This is crazy. And then I don't know what they're saying. So I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't know what they're what. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. And they can hear my accent, and then it, that confuses them right. even more. <laughs> Where's like, he from? What is, what's <laughs> what's this, this, this Indian a, guy? Speaks weird. Yeah, is this a, a small suburb of New Delhi that I don't know about? Like, what is happening here? Um, you, something you said earlier that I thought was interesting was, uh, you know, your later show, you, were, you had lots of uh, yarns from uh, people that you've met over the years, etc. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think a very serious and... Uh, important topic is appropriation where you know you shouldn't really be telling other people's stories etc a a lot of that stuff is directed towards uh, you know uh, Caucasian people taking on uh, mannerisms or haircuts and and stuff like that but I was wondering because there's so many different uh, tribes the are there any stories that you as an Aboriginal man are allowed to tell and there's some that some people in other tribes would be like that's not for you Oh, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah, appropriation of of different um, clan groups, countries, groups, tribes um, is very important. Um, what I try to do is I try to make the show vague and and yep. try to say at the top of the show I always talk about how these stories are going to come from all across the country. Um, they're certainly not um, law. So please don't right. sort of learn anything from the show. Cause if you learn something from the show, then you're going away going, Dane told me. And you're like, no, 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 no. These are just yarns. These are just yeah. stories. Um, and I, I do like to clarify it is Wikipedia in real life. So don't, don't write your exam from <laughs> this. <laughs> no quotes, no quotes. These, <laughs> no quotes. <laughs> um, this is just people putting in their little bits and pieces. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's important for me to, to clarify at the top of the show. Um, but also, there's a, there's a few little bits and pieces with Aboriginal culture. Um, it's not for me to realistically be talking about women's business. Right. So, um, there is certain aspects of my culture that I still do abide by. Um, I still have um, a lot of respect for. Um, obviously, like, I've, I've, I'm very proud of where I come from and I'm, I'm deep. Deep in the game. I, yeah. I grew up like Mad Blackfella. Uh, my dad took me out, uh, took took both me and my brother out and taught us a lot about our traditional people, the Gamilaro people. Um, we speak little bits and pieces of words. Um, yeah, so we, we're really in touch with our culturally, a, a contemporary version of our culture. Um, and women's business is a really strong identifier of that. It's a... It's realistically about when um, you are becoming a man. So when you are in that in that sort of vulnerable 
bit of your life when you are a teenager and you sort of that transition from being a boy into a man um aboriginal people did have like traditionally a very almost um like a a black and white area of that so as a as a young man you would learn these traditional dances you would learn these traditional songs um you would climb up to like a high ground area in yep. Wagga Wagga, um, there's a place called The Rock, um, <laughs> which, which you know, great, great name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thinking no, outside of the square. Yeah, no piss farting about. It's The Rock. It's, That's what it's it is. The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, it's called Dwayne Johnson now. Um, right. The, <laughs> the changed. <laughs> um, but it's it's the really high ground, and it, it traditionally that's where you go. And I don't know if people would know like a bull roarer. So a bull roarer is used in um, Crocodile Dundee, and I think he says, oh, "I've got to go make a telephone call." Um, and so what he does is there's like it's a it's a maybe like a oblong shaped piece of wood on the end of a string, and he twirls it around. Uh, and it makes like a woo 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 sound, um, and that would be used to go up on top of the rock, make the telephone call, if you will, and that's just letting the because that that sound travels right, and that's letting those uh, young young boys make their way to the to the rock climb up, and right. now's the time to do your traditional dances. Yeah, um, and so these dances are are sort of there to help you understand. What's going on? The changes, the respect that's that's um, expected of you from now yep. on. The the um, becoming yeah, becoming an adult. Um, yeah, there's there's uh, bank accounts you need to sign. There's um, <laughs> the licenses that you need to yeah. get, you need to move out of home. It's yeah. it's these types of things, you know. Yeah. Um, and there is there is a a women's equivalent to right. Them. Uh, which would which would take place down at the river, um, and they do have their own songs. They do have their own um, instruments and things like that. So um, and yeah, and and talking about the didgeridoo in that context, the didgeridoo is more of a man's instrument, right? Because it's used in these types of ceremonies. Okay, um, for some for some cultures, for some of the clans. So yeah. uh, they don't let women play the didgeridoo because that's it's a it's used in these special ceremonies to help right. these young boys become men. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's in that adolescent sort of area. So that's, there is um, some, some things about the didgeridoo about like, uh, yeah, women, women aren't allowed to play it traditionally and that type of stuff. And I do try and cover some of that in the show just to give people a bit of an idea as to how that would work. Um, Cause there's certainly no misogynisticness involved in that it is yeah we're talking like sixty thousand years ago where um they're just trying to define uh or trying to help young adolescents become adults yeah do you do you find as a as a modern guy there's a there's tradition and then there is the way we look at the world now and you want to respect tradition but then there's things that you would as a, a guy who has traveled the world and had all these different experiences at times might Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Find a little bit confronting or you might yeah. find a little bit difficult to reconcile. How how do you how do you balance that? Because I you know, because I'm 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 a white Australian. Like my tradition is the village people doing YMCA, so I don't really <laughs> have anything. So I'm I'm curious about these things. Yeah, I, I okay. So I have, um, I find I find people who can figure it out, um, to be a lot better. Um, you know, because you could you literally you could just keep going around and around in a circle on this. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, oh well, sort of. It is actually misogynistic. Oh well, it is a traditional culture, and we should respect that. And where does that sort of end? But what my my personal belief mm. is the uh, is the Candyman check, right? Is what I call it. Um, I don't say that in the mirror five times. Right. Um, I am scared, and I know it's not real, yeah. but it's it's just inviting bad juju to your life yep you know um so that's what i i I, and that's how i that's how i determine what i'm going to do so if i go to different cultures and stuff um and they say please don't touch people on the head yes um i go cool i'm not going to do that because that checks with the Candyman check yep so the Candyman check is perfect Um, (laughs) i just it might not be it might not do anything, but it certainly might cause me bad juju. So, I don't, I don't want that in. My, I don't want to invite that into my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just get, yeah, you can continuously having fun if you yeah. if you live by this rule. I, I was always um, frustrated as a kid because the the the, the bits of uh, Aboriginal uh, mythology that I got to have contact with was fascinating, and <laughs> it was actually fine. It was difficult to. Um, to find when I was yeah. a kid and uh, you know, the, just the idea of the rainbow serpent and, and singing the world into existence and all of that was, uh, was mesmerizing to me. And I wish that was something that was like, I, like I don't have kids, so maybe it is, but I wish, uh, is that something that you would like to see taught more at school so people could have a, 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 a cause I think it gives you a more of an emotional understanding of a culture rather than, yeah, uh, uh, which is more, in some ways more important than historical because I think you can relate emotionally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I I believe in that. Um, it's weird for me because I grew up with these stories, yeah. so I had I had the yarns. Um, I know them. Um, and obviously the stories are different. So the religion, um, if you will, um, of the dreaming is different depending on what country you come from. So you're gonna right. have different beliefs in in how the world was made um a good example of that is uh in queensland um my mum's people and i was hearing like vague yarns but they were talking about the um the the bird the willy wagtail um and the willy wagtail was a warrior and would um would jump from side to side and dodge 
spears coming at him and was quite a quite a strong man who could enforce the laws um and so was rewarded when he passed on was rewarded and they turned him into the willy wagtail um, and if you see the willy wagtail today uh it's it's giving you strength it's giving you courage you can be the if you got something going on in your life where you need a little bit of um I need to know that there's something out there that's that's with me when I when I, I when I do this. I need a little bit of courage, and you see the Willy Wagtail, then that's inspiring, and that that helps you uh, do whatever you need to do. Um, but in my dad's people, um, or in Baradri culture where I'm living, they say that the Willy Wagtail is a young boy who didn't learn the dances um, when he was an adolescent and didn't oh. learn these. Uh, these stories and the traditional way of painting. So when it came time to become a man uh, and they were like, all right, put the paint on your body and he just grabbed the paint and splashed it up his front. Right. Uh, and they were like, oh, now do the dances. And he just jumped from side to side being silly. Right. Um, because he didn't learn them. And then the when the spirits came to show, when they're meant to show strength and they've got these dancers and they've got their their body paint on they they are to become a man and the spirits are coming at them but they've got no fear they're 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 strong um but this this young boy fell back into the fire and then coming out of the fire was a willy wagtail right jumping around with his belly that's white um and that's to serve as a warning so if you see a willy wagtail then that means that you're being a bit silly and you need to wake up to yourself um and and do the do your duties be be a, be a man sort of yeah thing, or be be an adult be strong i, I so, love willy wagtails I'm, I'm gonna take both those stories on i'm gonna look at it and go i'm feeling good about myself but i'm probably being a bit of a dickhead so i'll get know. on top of it <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah depending on where you come from you're gonna have conflicting views of that yeah. and that's that's only one aspect you know so um different animals represent different things to different people um and that's what i mean by the show so uh when i'm traveling around i'm hearing these stories but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true for somebody in a different different area yeah Um, does does the show kind of uh have an aspect of it that changes because if you pick up a new story on your travels while you're touring and then you can kind of go well you know what i think this kind of represents where i am now i can move this one aside or i can combine it with another one you already have yeah, yeah. There was one time where the show was going for an hour, fifteen minutes, because I was just adding too many stories. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and just cutting it down. So I, there is bits and pieces that I chop and change. Yeah. Um, and the Paramount Plus is a version of it um, from back then, from when right. when we recorded it. But certainly, I've I've chopped and changed. Um, I could probably almost do a a didgeridoozy part two. Oh um, yeah, and just have all the B. The yeah, P stories. Yeah, um, Did, didgeridoozier. Did you <laughs> electric didgeridoos? Boogaloo too. That's great. Yeah, uh, that's that's. Uh, I I think they're the best shows in a way. The ones that are malleable and can you know new information can come in and then you can add something and then you can take a bit over here and it keeps growing and it means it's a it means it's a living entity. Absolutely, and and you just it it sparks a new uh, a new yarn a new little thing for you and it keeps keeps the show fun for the yeah. performer 
as well. Yeah. Um, and I think other people, people tend to come and watch the show, you know, like they've seen it a few times. I think my brother's watched it maybe three times. Wow. Um, and he's just like, yeah, no, I really like this. Or you, you've, this story is new. I really like that story. Um, yeah. So I think people will continuously come to the show and still enjoy it. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's exciting. Well, you are a storyteller, and uh, when we last caught up, we were having a, a fun chat, and you told me something about two movie franchises that I had not heard this theory before, yeah. and it's because I don't watch either of them. Uh, one, I was a bit too old for when it came out. You, you know, like that, that when you're in your young twenties, I think you don't watch kids stuff because you're. You're a grown right. up, but when you yes. when you hit, you know, you, once you kind of hit thirty five, you can kind of watch kids stuff and enjoy it because you're far enough removed that you're, oh yeah, I can watch this and it's not reflecting on me. But when you when you're early twenties and you're at a kids thing, it's like, what am I doing here? You know, yeah. But uh, and the other one is a franchise. I'm you know I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. And I'm a bit of a, a wimp <laughs> when it comes to horror. But um, I'm sure some people have heard about this, but I hadn't heard about it before. Do you want to tell me about this crazy movie theory that you were telling me about that includes Home Alone and the Saw movies? And the Saw movies. So, um, and I think because I'm fascinated by these crossovers and these theories that people have. Yeah. Um, I think that they're they're really interesting when you start to really delve into it, when you're really looking at it from that uh, face value. It's a bit silly and it's a bit fun where you're like, oh, okay. But when you delve into the reasons why these people have come up with these ideas, you start to go, oh, this is starting to make a little bit of sense. Yeah. Um, the, one, of the, one of the really good ones before we get into it, is the the TV classics, um, yep. Flintstones um, and the Jetsons. Right. So the, the theory is is that they're both set at the same time. They're, they're not in different periods of life. They're, they're actually set at the exact same time. Um, and it's, it's a, more about the haves and the have-nots. Oh. So the Jetsons are above the clouds and the Flintstones are on the ground. Oh my um, Lord, that is and brutal. A, and, and yeah, and what, what really brings it together is that there's a little green Martian that appears in both TV shows. It's the oh. same guy and he's the same age. Right. So, uh, and that's what tied it together. But that's, it's these types of things where you're like, oh, that's silly and that's fun to think of. But when you really delve into that world, you're like, oh, yeah, this really makes sense. There's, yeah. Um, there's reasons why that, yeah, the Fred Flintstone has to use these dinosaurs as um, telephones and whatnot, and the Jetsons get to cruise around in these like space mobiles. Mate, it's um, really that that theory really turns me on the Jetsons. It's like fucking rich people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? It's so crazy. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, so I, I really love these theories. And so yeah, the the one of my favorites is the the Home Alone franchise, um, and is just a, a prequel to the Saw movies. <laughs> so the the story is is Kevin McAllister. Um, obviously, um, there is a lot of spoilers, um, but if you uh, haven't yeah. watched these movies... Mate, it's been decades. Come ago. on, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, has been left at home um, and then sets up these little uh, traps for the bad guys that are breaking into his house. Um then these bad guys, the, there is multiple theories, but one of the one of the stories is is that the 
the sticky bandits or the wet bandits get out of prison. Um, and Kevin McAllister is fearing for his life. So he goes into witness protection um, and they move him across the country and they put him, uh, they change his name to right. John Kramer. Is that right. his name? Kramer? Yep. Kramer? Kramer. Yep. And um, he's, that he lives his life. He's got his wife and, and whatever. Um, but then he gets crook. So in the Saw franchises, and then that sort of takes over from there. So he gets sick, snaps, his brain goes back to when he was a kid, um, and he starts setting up these traps again for the people that he finds villainous or the, these bad guys. And he's, uh, yeah, so he's, he, and then that's where the Saw franchise kicks in. So it's it's the same kid, all growing up, setting these traps and, and capturing the bad guys yet again. Um, but his brain's a little bit sort of, yeah, snapped because of this illness. What's he get? I think he gets cancer. Right. Um, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. And then the, the, there's so many people that are keep chiming in on this theory um, because he's so scared of the furnace in Home Alone 2. Right. Um, and then for some reason, he, he, somebody burns to death in a furnace in, right. I think, Saw 2. So, it's yeah. There's these. There's so many links that you can make. But again, it's fun to sort of think that these movies are connected. And I, I'm pretty sure one of the Saw uh, creators was like, "Yeah, nah, that's canon. Like that's <laughs> that's great." I'm pretty sure, like uh, the, uh, the Home Alone franchise is like, no, of course not. That's silly. But yeah. the Saw guy's like, yeah, nah, definitely that happened. Yep, yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're making this uh, part the- of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to think that Kevin McAllister snaps and just starts taking out dudes in elaborate traps later. That, that's a little bit like the, the reverse theory of um, in Breaking Bad, Walt actually lives at the end and gets put into witness protection and ends up in Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, 100%. Like, I love that. That's one of my favourites. It's so um, entertaining. Uh, I, I looked up some more for you and yeah. to see if you knew of these and uh, and what what you think. Like, uh, like let's say are you, you're buying into the Kevin uh, Home Alone Saw thing. You're, you're all in on yeah. a scale of 1 to 10. You're bang yeah. up the top. I reckon I'll be 10. I, I just – I love the idea of it and uh, – you know, it, it, it's almost mimicked real life. Like, um, thank thank God that uh, what what's his name Macaulay Macaulay oh, Culkin. Uh, yeah Macaulay Culkin yeah um, has has bounced back and he's, yeah. he's doing very well at the moment. But there was a few years there where he was not doing too well, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that looks like the Saw franchise, dude. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's, there well, he is. Now, now, now that he's better, maybe he can appear. Like, maybe there needs to be a saw film where there's there's a a, a jigsaw uh, copycat murderer, that's, and then it turns out to be <laughs> Kevin McAllister. <It's, laughs> People love to cross IP now. You know, they love to have what? you know you know Freddy Krueger and yeah. Halloween and that. So <laughs> that feels good. I've got some others here for you. So we'll, we'll rate them what you believe in them. So if Saw is number 10, you, you, yep. you give me a rating where you where you want to buy into this. Okay. S- so the movie The Rock with um, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, oh, Ned Harris, and James this. Bond, Diamonds Are Forever. And yeah. the theory is um, 
James Bond gets captured by the US government, MI6 abandons him, he rots in prison for a few decades, then saves the world from a chemical attack with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Two movies that I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, and they can be put together. There is a um, there is there is definitely a they seek him out specifically because he knows how to break into Alcatraz um, undetected. Yeah. So it's it's and they never mention his name. I think they leave his name out. That's the thing, right? That's um, the thing. So they, yeah, and all he cares about is his daughter. So there's that's the only um, un untieable little knot or little uh, thread there. I think he wants his daughter to have money in the yep. rock. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of it, but yeah, I that oh, you know what I'm going to buy in, but yep. not at ten, only because of that thread. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to buy in at about seven. Seven. All right. Check this one out, Dane. I was really yep. excited when I found this one to, to, to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fight Club is a sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, what? Yeah. So this is this is the theory. Ed Norton's character is Cameron as an adult and Ferris Bueller was his first delusion. <laughs> you know, because that, that makes sense. Um, I, I've heard the theory that um, Ferris Bueller is the, um, is the, first, is the delusion before, yeah. um, but not linking it to Fight Club. That's really funny. Yeah, I'd I'd heard the I'd heard the Ferris Bueller delusion before as well, and um, uh, but <laughs> linking it to Fight Club is really enjoyable, and it, and it also like you can imagine both of those actors. Yeah, when the, he was that age, of course he wants to be Matthew Broderick, and of course when he gets older, he wants to be Brad Pitt. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, and there's there's, there's so many uh, little nuances that are in that movie where like apparently um, Cameron wears a a jumper. Um, supporting a football team, and they don't live. In, they they're in New York City, I think. Oh right, um, yeah. But it's not a New York team. It's actually a team from a different state. So they right. these little nuances about like where his origins and what he feels inside are shown through these tiny little things throughout that movie. Right, and you know it's really just a fun, silly teenage movie, but. Yeah. When you start to put in this little bit of emotion and where this guy's really scared of his parent, like yeah. he's really worried about his dad. Um, and yeah, and he's wearing these clothes that really are sort of screaming like, help me, I just want to go and live somewhere else. Yeah. You, you start to, it gets heavy. Yeah, you, it really does. It, it's like, you know, like I'm a, I'm a big believer in trying to watch a movie representative of when it was released because it's easy to then shit on films as you get older because things change yep. right but watching ferris bueller's day off again you go oh man cameron like jesus this ferris is an arsehole yeah yeah purely <laughs> and like yeah at the when i'm first watching it as a teenager i'm like oh come on eeyore like just yeah. <laughs> liven up get with it mate have a good um, time <laughs> but um yeah you start to realize that this guy's got some real world problems. Yeah. And his friend does not care. Yeah. What a shithead. Uh, yeah. All, all he cares about is, is women. Yeah. Um, and, and having yeah. a good time. Having and, a good time. <laughs> yeah. So where, where do you rank this on the, on the Saw uh, list? 
or uh, I, re- I reckon it's going to go below the rock. I think there's a there's a few threads that yeah. we've got to change. There's, there's name changing, yeah, um, and there's a whole delve into the dark side, yeah, um, that you're not ready you, to do with Ferris no, Bueller just yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy into it though because I like yeah. I like the idea and I've. It does make some sense, so I'm going to say six. Okay, that's good. Uh, also, a uh, little fact for people listening, if they didn't know it, uh, Ferris Bueller has an end of credit scene. If you stay right to the end where Ferris comes out brushing his teeth and he's a bit like, what are you doing? Sitting around, go away. And that was the inspiration for the first after credit scene in uh, Iron Man. So, oh, really? So, so you know when you're busting to go to the toilet after you've sat through a two-and-a-half-hour Marvel film and you have to wait <laughs> another 27 minutes to see some shit CGI thing come up at the end that makes you go, oh, there's a character I've never heard of. Ferris Bueller (laughs) is to be blamed again. I love that Deadpool just literally does the exact scene. Like, it's so funny. It's really funny. Deadpool's great. (laughs) All right, I've got a a sci-fi one for you. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and War of the Worlds. And... uh, the theory is, suppose at the end of War of the Worlds, when the machines start falling over, a cockpit opens and sitting in the driver's seat is an E.T. alien. You find out at the very end that you've been actually been watching a sequel to what you thought was heartwarming children's movie, but actually is about little boy sneaking an alien scout off Earth that ultimately leads to the invasion. And there ends Spielberg's alien invasion movie series. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that they've even added the scene in for you. Uh, <laughs> this is... So there is there is a direct link yeah between ET and Star Wars. Yes. Um there is the there is the, the the Yoda um somebody dressed as Yoda in the Halloween scene in ET and ET puts his hand out and is like, "Hey," as in like, "I know that guy." Yeah. Um and then there is also ET aliens in the Star Wars franchise when they go to the galactic Ministerial, whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh, um, oh the best bit of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ET. <laughs> there's, there's like four ETs, and you're like, yay! Yeah. Oh, well, um, uh, well, Star Wars uh, has a little uh, connection to Raiders of Lost Ark, where you go into the uh, pyramid and you can see the little, in, in one of the bricks, you can see hieroglyphics of yeah. C3 and R2. Yeah. So no, we're linking three. Three movies here. I like it. Uh, I like that a lot. Do 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 you buy into that one? Where do you where do you rate that one? Um, I don't. I'm not buying into it only because no. they're just making it up. Um, <laughs> yes, and I'm just loving the idea of like you know, let's just say that it opens up and then they're they're there. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of it though. So I'm going to say four. Yeah. Because I like it, but there's no actual evidence in the movie yet. Yeah, and I love E.T. and I don't want to think that he is actually coming down to work out how he can take us over. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'll give, you, I'll give you one more and this is insane, right? So, but it made me laugh. Titanic, Inception and Shutter Island. So the theory is Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio ends up lost at sea but you never see him die. Two, Inception, the movie starts with Leo being washed up onto a beach and ends with him wondering whether he is crazy or not or whether he is imagining reality. Three, Shutter Island, he starts in a mental institution and it's about whether what he sees is real or whether he is just crazy. (laughs) 
I I love that. And he's he's just a vampire that's lived far hundreds of years. Or he's uh, or he's got a really imaginative crazy world. Like he's not only because he's you know the Titanic's what 1918 or something way back yeah. then. So if if he's uh, if he's flipping out and seeing these things, it's like wow, man, you've really imagined the future quite well. You've you've done you've done good. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I don't buy into this. I, I do like the idea of um, there's some theory about the Titanic being um, so him being a time traveler, right? Um, because he wins um, a card game at the top, uh, and he says that he's from a place that doesn't exist. Oh, um, right. So in the year, um, I think he talks about some lake. Yeah, and that lake hasn't been built yet, right? Um, in that year, so there there is a theory that he could be a time traveler. So this right. this could tie in all maybe. of what you're saying. Maybe, maybe a little that's... bit of taste in there. We can maybe find a time travel movie and throw that in, make it all work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you buying into that one? Um, I'm not. I'm not buying it. There's too many. No, uh, there's three. They've, they've, it's, they've, yeah, if someone got excited that it's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think. Can I'll, I'll just? We, we don't need to rate this one, but I'm going to tell you the laziest one that I found on this list. Okay, yeah, you'll love it. United ninety three and zero dark thirty. Yeah, of course, oh, mate. That's crazy. That's. that's <laughs> I'm not buying into it. I'm, I'm giving that a one. No, no that's all. That's, that that's never all in house. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, with, with with everyone listening, if if anyone has uh, some theories. Uh, email me at the Big Squid Facebook page, yep. and um, we we can share them. I'll throw them your way in a, in a future podcast, and and we'll buy into it or not. But the more elaborate the theory, I reckon, yeah. the better. Don't you think? Oh, the more elaborate, but then the, if you've got like these little little tiny nuances that just yeah. tie them together, yeah. Um, ah, oh, I'm about it. I'm about yeah. it, and, and particularly whenever they are. Uh, they have it's because of something you know, like the the Pirates of the Caribbean has um, one of the the camera dudes, but he's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, if you can tie in a theory that yeah. pirates and cowboys were together for some reason, I'm I'm on board. He's ready I'm to there. go. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones and there's a, a Starbucks franchise yes. in Game of Thrones. One hundred percent. You can probably get Game of Thrones and, and uh, Fight Club because Starbucks is in Fight Club. So maybe you can <laughs> get that together. So if anyone out there has some spare time and can help us out with that, we'll be we'll be wrapped. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's start our own theories. This yeah. is great. Oh man, I love it, Dane. This has been fantastic. Uh, I've really enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, where can everyone see your show? Are you going to? This will come out uh, just before the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh, nice. Well, uh, yeah, I've got my show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yep. Uh, always was, always will be funny. Um, right. It's, it's going to be at the Comedy Republic. Um, I'm there for the first two weeks of the festival, so um, up until about April 9th. Uh, and then I think I'm doing a special show on April 10th with um, just for accessibility. Right. So, uh, which will be really rich. Yeah, that'll be at the Town Hall. Yep. Um, so yeah, because uh, I want everyone and anyone to be able to come to the shows. Yeah, um, yeah, come come and check it out. And then I'm I'm always touring around the country, um, particularly if you're in New South Wales, Queensland. Like I'm always up and down the east coast um, and Victoria. So yeah, 
just Google or like the page, my my comedy pages, um, and yeah, get 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 to one of the shows, have a bit of a laugh, be silly and fun. Yeah, that'll be great. Dane, it's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, pass on my best to your wife. Tell her, please don't pause me while I'm talking on stage to have a crack <laughs> about my haircut, and uh, I'll see you soon. <laughs> I'll see you, my brother. Thank you to Dane for joining me on today's podcast. Please check out his new show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I also have two shows appearing there very soon. On April 16th, I will be hosting Big Squid Live at the Melbourne Town Hall with guests Celia Pacola and Josh Earl, and we will be competing against each other to create the great Aussie movie list. And then on April 17th, my award-winning stand-up show, Little Victories, will appear at the Melbourne Town Hall. And my listeners can access discount tickets by using the promo code PODCAST to save money on their ticket purchases. If you would uh, like to do so, please head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs and you can find the appropriate links for each show. One-off shows and then... I'm in and out, so if you'd like to catch up, uh, that is the best time to see me. And also over at my site, you can check out the latest Dispatches from the Fury Road blog where I talk about my confusion about people walking out of movies before they're finished. I still don't understand it. Anyway, the only way I could cope with it is to write a blog about it. So that's all over at justinhamilton.com.au and... As I said, if you want to get those ticket purchases, just add forward slash gigs to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs and you will find the appropriate areas to uh, buy your tickets. Okay. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Dane. I had a real ball with him. I look forward to catching up with you soon. Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.